0: How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know, nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra Hanks. I am your host, Precious Hanks Carter, and I am so glad that you have decided to join us today. Today, we will be discussing branding and marketing part two. Last week, I opened up with discussing branding and marketing as our subject for last week's episode. And the content was so much, and I knew that it was going to have to be a two-part episode because we covered a lot of branding and i was only able to get into a little bit about developing and creating your logo and so today we're going to wrap up the logo and get more into developing an effective marketing strategy and then also talking about different types of marketing that would suit your business So before we get into today's actual episode, I'm going to provide a brief recap to refresh those that were here last week's memory. And if you weren't able to tune in, I encourage you to go back to last week's episode and listen to it because there's a lot of content, valuable content that I think can help newcomers branding their business or even people that are looking to rebrand. So remember last week we touched on about defining what a brand is and that's your image, reputation, or identity that you will be marketing and promoting. It is going to be how people identify your business. And we talked about it being your your business's personality and you have to decide how you want your business to be perceived. And then we also discussed about branding being a process, a process of research, development, and application. In order to build an effective brand, you don't just jump in because what you don't want to do is create a brand, create a logo, and then years on down the line think, well, that's not really what I wanted to represent the company. And then now you're going back, spending all this money, rebranding. And we also did talk about in certain situations that there is a necessity and it does prove to be necessary to rebrand. And so we stated before with the process being research, development, and application. And the importance of the last part of that process is life application. And that is you going out and actually executing the plan. We also ended up discussing different brand definitions. I threw out there brand awareness, brand extension, brand identity, brand management, brand recognition, brand trust, and brand valuation. And then I gave you guys a little homework And well, I think that was the only homework assignment that I gave you guys, and that was to look up brand equity, research what brand equity is, because brand equity actually ties all of the different brand definitions that I gave you together. And brand equity is the revenue generated simply from brand recognition. And it is the customer's seeing your brands and being like, I recognize that brand and giving whatever product or whatever service a try simply because of the brand trust that you have already built with them. And then I discussed the different types of branding, personal branding, product branding, service branding, retail branding, cultural and geographic branding, corporate branding, online branding, and of course, offline branding. And we focused a lot on corporate branding because at the end of the day, when you're building your business, it evolves around your, the corporate image. And we also talked about personal branding and how I do encourage you to steer clear and separate the two. Separate your own personal branding from corporate branding, because you don't want to be known as the business, especially in certain industries. I have given examples about lawyers and physicians. You don't want people to just identify you as the face of that practice, unless that is true, because a lot of times when people view you as the business, they're expecting to get you at all times and your schedule might not allow that. And so now you've got an unhappy customer that's not having a brand trust experience that you would want them to have. So we talked about making corporate branding your focal point when developing um, your brand for your business. And to make sure that to visualize your corporate, your company as a person and make sure that your brand includes your values, your missions, your ideal customer, but also that you give some type of exclusivity. And so, as I stated before, um, go back and listen to last week's broadcast because We talked about all of that. And then I'm going to go over a little bit more in depth, the logo create creation that I wanted to touch on. And so that's where we left off at. So with your logo, your logo is the first thing that people will see if they're not being introduced to the business by you. So your logo needs to summarize your business. And I know you're thinking, how can my logo effectively summarize my business? It needs to be eye-catching and appealing. And how we start with that is, how do you plan to use it? And you have to think about that. How do you plan to use your logo? And we're going to use the logo in various ways. And so you're going to have to consider all of that. You're you're going to definitely use your logo for your website. You're definitely going to use your logo for business cards. You're definitely going to use your logo for apparel, regardless of what industry you're starting your business in, or you have your business in, you know that you're going to use those three things. If you are actually offering products and you have product packaging involved, then you're definitely going to need to use your logo for the packaging. Think about using your logo for your stationery, all of that. And so we know that most companies do desire to use their logo for more than one application, such as what I stated. And so also when you're looking at that, you might need multiple versions of your logo. We actually have two logos because our one of our logos our name is included in it Hanks, Hanks and Associates. but when we're doing apparel, we don't want that that can get kind of long, and so we have a logo that just says h h a it's a it's a three d cube looking cool logo and so um So that's where we have the two logos, one logo for apparel and um, all other marketing products such as mugs and, and pins and things like that. And so you have to take that into consideration as well as image style. As I keep stating, your logo represents your company and It tells potential customers what kind of business you have and what kind of business you are. And you need to make sure that your logo adequately represents you and your business. And this was actually the point that I I finished last week's episode on. And I talked about if I was going into a spa, that I would want something whimsical and and tranquil, you know, something that's flowing and is going to invite me into the environment. I don't want anything with bold colors or conservative because it's not going to, it doesn't represent a spa feeling. So you have to make sure of that. Even, you know, just another example, if you're a tech company you want something maybe contemporary or conservative, you don't want anything whimsical and and free spirit. And so um, you just have to consider all of that. Do your market research. I remember years ago, and it's so funny because a lot of my examples when they were talking about branding, unfortunately have to do with food. <laughs> so last week I gave numerous ones. But I remember being in high school and them talking about, I can't remember what class it was in, but I do remember, and a lot of you might remember this too, they were talking about research that was done for fast food restaurants and how certain colors attract customers and, and you know, get them in the mood for food or hungry and it was really weird they did this this research and I remember them reporting it it might have been like on 2020 or or one of those shows but I remember that and they were talking about how in fast food restaurants choosing colors for their brand and logo really mattered and how it kind of played tricks on the consumer's minds and so I just thought that was really interesting And so you have to consider that too. You have to consider what market that you're going into and look at your competitor's image style and what works and what doesn't work. And then also, I spoke about this last week too, do a survey, you know, get your close friends, your inner circle and ask them if, they were looking to buy from this kind of business, what would they like to see to draw them into that space? And so the next one that you need to pay attention to is format. And this is very important because unless you're a graphic designer, we, we need that assistance. And we don't know everything in regards to what we need when it comes to formatting. And so it's always good to spend money in the areas that you need to spend money, save money in what you can do yourself, but go ahead and hire the expert so that in the long run, it'll benefit you. And that's why I'm ta- That's why. I Gave that spill before I got into formatting. Because when it comes to formatting logos, we don't know all that goes on behind the scene. You just go to your graphic designer or or your computer tech friend and you tell them, Hey, I would like this. This is what I would like the logo to say. And they put all the work into it and they email you back and forth. But you need to know the kind of formatting that is going to be easy. To transfer when it comes time for you to submit it to a company that is able to help you with your marketing products. And so I know when we started out, and everybody always tells you, oh, we need the JPEG file. So you know that. But what I did discover because we are actually starting a nonprofit, we've been in the works of starting this nonprofit for close to two years now. It's been about Two years. And so the fir- one of the first things that we did in starting this nonprofit is establish the name, and then we knew the logo that we wanted. We we already had the idea of the logo, took the information to the graphic designer, and went back and forth on okay, yes, this works, gotta work, perfect. Well, it wasn't until and that was 2019. It wasn't until this year that um, the executive director of the nonprofit was trying to get some marketing products out, you know, t shirts, mugs, backpacks, stuff like that. And the company that we went with was like, hey, we need the Vector file. And we're like, Vector file, what's that? Went back to the graphic designer and they had forgot to give us the vector file in addition to the JPEG because sometimes the JPEG file is not enough in regards to whatever you're trying to do. And so unfortunately the graphic designer had deleted the vector file. And so we had to spend some money to get a new vector file. And so that's why it's important for you to know the format, get everything that you need to get, so that you're not having to backpedal later on down the line. Next, when you're dealing with your logo, let's talk about originality. Once again, your logo is what is going to tie your customers to your brand recognition of your company. So with that, you have to ensure that it is unique in its own right. When you're choosing a logo and you're designing it and you're creating it, please, please be sure to do your homework and make sure that what you're desiring does not have any copyright infringements or any trademark issues. And make sure that it's not similar to other people's logos. And why would you want it to be similar to other people's logos? You want your company to stand out. You want to make sure that people know this is you. With the originality, remember that it should immediately catch the crowd's eyes. And then, because that's what you want to do, your logo, you want them to you want it to draw people in to do some more research about your company. So, what you need to do now is you need to pick colors that represent your company, represent your industry, and is not going to be something that going to be hard to match. Um, I know numerous people that they'll pick a not your typical color. And I'm not just saying just go with your red and your orange and things like that. But when you're dealing with, I'll use purple. When you're dealing with the various shades of purple, you have your lavender, you have your lilac, you have pastel. So you want to make sure that when you're dealing with getting your logo put on apparel, a polo shirt, that it's not going to be hard for them to match match the thread with what you're actually looking for when it comes to your apparel. So make sure that your colors appeal to your actual business. They appeal to your industry and that they're staying true to what you actually want. And so Once you get all of these ideas together, it's time for you to just literally go out there and create this logo with whoever you hire, your graphic engineer, so that your company can be legit and be ready to go. And the first thing that I encourage you to do is put your logo up on your website and get your logo on your business cards. Those are the two most important things and then everything else will fall in place. You don't have to go out there and and get the apparel and get the marketing products just yet. Two main things need to be your website and your business cards because you're gonna need your business cards to market. So now I want to get into, before we go to break, creating an effective marketing strategy. Marketing strategy is the process that will allow an organization to concentrate its limited resources on the greatest opportunities to increase revenue and gain a competitive advantage. At the end of the day, it is your overall game plan. And I know you're thinking, those that have been listening for the past couple of weeks, you're thinking, man, I have to create a marketing strategy On top of of the other stuff that you've asked me to create, yes. Yes, you do. And here is why. You need to have everything written down and you need to have it organized so that you're not trying to fly by the seat of your pants. You have a game plan and you're going to stick with it because you're going to execute it and you know what way to follow. It's a process. And so... I want to give you a few strategies that will help you develop effective marketing strategy to start out with. So I first want to talk to you about the obvious. When you're getting together and sitting down, trying to come up with a plan, know your audience. A key mistake is thinking that anyone is your buyer. And while you want everyone to support your business, sometimes, or oftentimes, you have to narrow in on your target audience. And I've said that before. While larger companies might be able to appeal to everyone, you have to start somewhere. And that is one thing that I loved about my mom is she always made sure that she recited never despise small beginnings. You have to start somewhere and it is better to start small so that you grow into what you're capable of handling. Because I think sometimes our ego gets in the way and we know we can do this and we know we can do that. But sometimes you have to grow into that. You can't just dive in head first. Business, you definitely can't dive in head first. Might be able to do that in a swimming pool, but the business, no. So know your audience. And it's there's nothing wrong with starting out small. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I'm just gonna cater to my town, or I'm just gonna cater to teens. It doesn't matter. But what you have to do is know your audience and know what is pushing them to making a purchasing decision. And that is, once again, doing marketing research. What does it look like for them to be a repeat customer? Because remember, it's not just enough for a person to buy your product or to buy your service. You want them be, to, to be a repeat customer because eventually stuff is going to run out and you need to replenish and rejuvenate that revenue. So some of you guys already have your business. So I want you to start thinking about your existing customers or start thinking about the customer that you are. And I've said this before, create a buyer persona. Create a personality or create a profile is what I'm trying to say. Create a profile of your ideal customer and then start the process of getting into the head of your ideal client. This is the kind of customer that I want to attract and go from there. Another one that I can tell you about Mrs. Hanks is our company is a government contracting firm. And so we have contracts with various federal agencies. Well, Mrs. Hanks's desire and goal was to have NASA as a client. And so she went to so many industry days at the various NASA locations because NASA's all over the United States. They have sites out in California, Houston, Alabama, New Orleans, Mississippi, Maryland, Florida. And when I tell you that she's been to them all, she's been to them all for various industry days. I went with her to one and the people, I thought it was so funny because the people asked her because they had seen her so much. They were like, well, well, which site are you at? And she was like, I don't have a contract with you guys yet, but she was going to those industry days to develop her client profile of them. She was getting to know them and and what they need and and how we as a business could get in there. She was developing a marketing strategy so that when the time came for us to bid on a contract to get in there, that that would give her a competitive advantage. And it did because I want to say three years of doing this We were awarded a contract November of 2015 um, in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was a wonderful opportunity, and it was a breath of fresh air for her because she was determined, and she was driven, and she had always desired for NASA to be a client, and so that's what I mean by starting the process of getting into your ideal client's head. And so with that, I'm going to take a brief break and pause so that um, I don't get interrupted into the next one. And so we'll be right back after this short break.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. the bottom line in business talk
2: voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in at Radio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast
0: hey alexa Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast.
2: If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple
1: Podcasts. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAM Business. Again, that's at VoiceAM Business. And stay current.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here.
2: Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Let's Talk Business according to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business according to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks
1: Carter. Welcome back. I, before the break, we talked about developing your marketing strategy and about it being a process. And the first advice that I gave In developing your marketing strategy was first knowing your audience and creating a profile for the ideal client that you're looking to attract the next one is emphasize your value and that is very important if there's no difference between you and your competitor then there's no reason why the buyer should feel compelled to support you over the competitor so you have to have a value proposition. It's what will make you different from all others. And so I want you to, and I've, I've said this before in, pre, in other broadcasts, so, but I do want you to take out your pen and paper, if you haven't already, and I want you to write this down. I, that, that is my homework assignment for you for this upcoming week is think about and define what differentiates you from others that are in your space. I want you to really think hard about that and then get it embedded in you because it should be second nature because sometimes you'll get that question because I know that as a consumer, I asked that question. That was one of the main questions that I asked with our home security system? What makes you different than the other company? So sometimes it'll be that blunt of a question. Think about it, as I just stated, think about how you feel as a consumer. Think about your loyalty and think about when you're looking for products and services, if it really matters what company you go with or what brand you go with. So think about that question in its entirety, and really come up with what value you bring. As I stated before, it's your value proposition. What do you do better than anyone in the industry? And make it a compelling argument. And it could be something, if you're offering products, it could be something as simple as customer service. It could be something as a different experience, as I stated before, and I will continue to state um, my duration of hosting this show is you have to go above and beyond to make yourself stand out from the next person. So the next strategy that I have for you is to stay focused on your goals and objectives. That's why we are Developing this overall game plan. That's why we are writing down our marketing strategy because it's a process, and we need to stay focused on our goals and objectives because it is so easy to want to go this direction or want to go that direction instead of staying the course. And as I stated before, sometimes our egos get in the way, or sometimes we really feel like, oh, we're great at multitasking and we're organized and and we can work on multiple projects at a time. But I remember Mrs. Hanks always saying, don't be a jack of all trades traits and a master of none. Master something and don't just settle for being able to do this, that, and a third. And so I want you to take that as motivation when it comes time to focus on singular goals and objectives. Sometimes it's best for us to tackle a problem one at a time. And so when you're thinking about marketing, and if you've already started to dabble a little bit in on how you're going to market, you'll realize that it can pull you in multiple directions. I want to encourage you, especially when you're a small business that when it comes to marketing you've got to tackle it one step at a time one strategy at a time it's tempting to try to do it all at once and craft a complicated plan in hopes that you're going to cover all your bases and that's when it becomes easy to take on too much instead i want you to identify where the biggest impact can be. That's another thing I want you to write down. When it comes to marketing, what can be my biggest impact? I said this last week, what works for one industry might not work for another. Um, Some industries don't need social media to market. Think about construction companies. Do they really need social media to market? In some sense, yes, but as their main marketing tool, no. So social media is great, but what I'm saying is is let's start with where our biggest impact is going to be. Then I also want you to consider where the biggest blind spot is in your marketing that's prohibiting you from getting started or from even growing where do you fall short? Now, there are some industries where they really need to have a large social media presence. And years ago, I had a client and they just said, I I know that my biggest blind spot is not having a social media presence. And they were just like, I just don't have the time to do this. And I, And I said, well, it's clear to see that where you're falling short is where your competitors are flourishing. And so it was just something as simple as you're gonna need to hire somebody, maybe part- time or or find out if somebody if you're already already an established business, find out which employees have that niche. And then, assign them that task some people just love to tweet another food example <laughs> I know I, I I can't explain it but um, Wendy's whoever is behind the marketing strategy with Wendy's Twitter feed they're phenomenal they're comical and it's what draws people I, I'm a pescatarian, so I don't eat burgers or chicken or anything like that, but I will go to Wendy's page, their social media page in a heartbeat, especially when they're getting into these Twitter wars with the other food industries. Now, I know you're not a Fortune 500 company yet, but find out where your biggest blind spot is and develop a goal, a performance goal around that one key area. And sometimes you might need to focus your resources on that activity and develop tactics and strategies that will achieve that one performance goal. If you do desire to have a better social media presence and you're a small business, offer, I'll say this, we all have cousins. We all have we all have that one degree of separation to where we can get our hands on a teenager that is just phenomenal with social media. Offer to pay them to run your page. Just, hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars if you just be sure that you tweet this and and set a goal of, I need to have this many tweets or, or this many posts a week. That's if you need that space. I'm just using that as an example. If you need that space to market, and that's what you need to do. Um, there's other examples that I could give, and I'll give one more before I can move on. If you are in an industry where it is important to network, and for some reason <laughs> you're an introvert, and it's, and or you just, don't know the right places to network. at. I had a a business owner just say, hey, I've, I've been this place, I've been that place, and it's just hard to partner and connect. Well, they weren't going to the right networking events. And so it's all about finding out um, where you need to be and be at the right place at the right time and have your business cards there. It's about devoting And realizing your shortcomings and devoting, okay, I'm gonna get better at this because I need to be in this particular space for my business to grow. Next one is capitalize on your short term plays. And what I mean by that is start scrapping and realize that you've got to conquer this area and then use that momentum and tactic to take the time to build. And then once you see the evidence that people are, are researching and, and taking to your short-term plays, now you can move on to something better. Double down on what works. Or as I grew up, if it's not broke, then don't fix it. Stick with what works. That's what this means. If if networking has led to wonderful partnerships, continue to network. I had a entrepreneur that's been in business for probably like 16 years, um, that I know of, um, I was talking to them earlier this week and they were talking about, um, social media ads and how at first they weren't sure if, um, the money that they were spending on the social media ads were working and then they um paid for an enhancement on their website that um they have an app through whatever web hosting service that they have that lets them know um their website traffic and it lets them know instead of because we have that too but it, we have to pull a report. No, on their app, it notifies them like as soon as someone uh, goes to their website. So she said that she noticed when she would pay for a Facebook ad that she would get all these dings, you know, to her website, that the traffic was going to her website. So she realized, okay, well, this is paying off and it works because as soon as Ad would pop up on the sponsored ad would pop up on Facebook. That traffic would immediately begin to flow to our website. So that's what works. So you know when when you get to a certain point in business, you double down on what works. The next one is understand the power of existing customers. If you're already in business, and even if you're not in business, customer loyalty leads to business growth. And here's why. Because if I'm loyal to a brand, think about the surveys. And, that, and that's why I tell you, put yourself in the shoes of a consumer because we're all consumers at one point in time of the day. So we're always filling out surveys. And even if you're not filling out surveys, I encourage you to just take a look. The first thing they ask you, well, normally the last thing they ask you is, How often or how likely are you to refer them to family, friends, or someone else? Because the power of an existing customer leads to customer loyalty on that customer's behalf and then a referral. They're going to refer by word of mouth. So what you need to do is identify your opportunities for repeat customers. As I stated before, how likely is this person going to come back? And if they come back and if they're they trust that brand if if they if they have a good experience with the brand trust, then they're going to refer. And so when you understand that, I think that another marketing strategy that you can develop is um, referral programs or even customer loyalty programs. I love to get rewards. If it's a free rewards program, I'm signing up. And so um, I talked in previous broadcasts about um, some businesses that really do a great job with their business acumen of developing a referral program, I mean, a, a rewards program. And so you can develop a referral program as well. Um, I know in a lot of the services industries, you know, they do referrals, you know, they'll give you $25 off your next service or $50 off if you refer. Um, I know with us as an employer, we do offer referral bonuses. Uh, If, An employee refers somebody and we hire them, 90 days after that new hire has completed their probationary period, we give the employee a referral bonus. Use free promotional tools is the next strategy that I encourage you. And what I mean by free promotional tools, and I, I might have touched on this briefly when I was talking about networking, but use community boards. Um, and I'm talking, I'm not just talking about social media, but I'm talking about at rec centers. You have rec centers, you have um your Elks Lodge, you have your Veteran Reform Wars Lodge. Use community boards if you just take the time. And, and sometimes it is gonna be time consuming. You're gonna to have to go, or you might be able to call because of the pandemic, a lot of people uh, are limiting uh, their traffic flow. So you might be able to call, but it, it's gonna take, it's going to be time consuming, but utilize a lot of places, the YMCA, your Jack and Jill's, a lot of them do have uh, boards up in their hallways, that are informational. Uh, so, also go to resource centers. Go to go to colleges. Other places, I, you know, I, I I don't know, but just I, I'm I know what I'm trying to say. But I'm um, go to resource centers. Places they have resource centers. You'd be surprised. I know because uh, I'm a military brat. We had something called the MWR, and there were so many community boards up there that were just a hub for resource centers. It's st- places that you can stick a flyer up or even contact your your city government and see if they can put something up on their website. A, a lot of places do have community happenings and and as I and they even have something that just clearly says resource centers. Uh, you can also go onto social media, various community boards or or they have, I know where I'm at, it has the city and then it's called Rants, Raves, and Reviews. And you can use that to uh, promote a market. Now, when you're on the various social media platforms, you have to make sure that the community board that you're in does allow that. Because there's some that... One of the rules is no marketing, no promotions. So you just have to know your area, but there's lots of space to where you can market for free. And then also too, I I know I spoke about this before, but we'll speak about it again. Create a website for your online presence. And that should be after you got your EIN number, your EIN from the IRS, the next step should have been to create your website. And so but it needs to be said so I'm going to say it again, create your website. Um, it is a cha- it is it is a channel that you will always own. It has the capability of generating organic traffic to your business. And so you want that to be a place that is just a one-stop shop for a potential consumer to be able to have all of their questions answered about who your, what your business does, who it is, and what it can do for them. And your website's not a simple brochure. The beauty about it is your website is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week marketing tool. If I'm up late at night, I can just type it in and go to your website. I also think depending upon the space that you're in, the industry that you're in, consider blogging, consider sharing your experiences, doing a demo video. If you you offer services, do a demo video. What What you need to do is you need to show, not just me seeing pictures, but sometimes you need to show your uniqueness. And I've already talked about promoting yourself on social media. And then also I've briefly touched on investing in ads because that will also help you when it comes to directing traffic to your website. Another one that I want to touch on that a lot of people aren't familiar with is affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing. And so with affiliate marketing, they're they're a cost-effective way um, to build traffic to your website, as well as build sales and revenue. Now it's like advertising but you're partnering with somebody that has a larger platform and uh you're pretty much just paying for a hyperlink in their space and you will have to offer them a percentage of if them if if their website traffic created a sell from yours And once again, you know, it might not apply to your industry if that's not what you're in, but I know a lot of people, affiliate marketing um, is good. And so with that, I want to touch on one more thing before we end this broadcast, email marketing. I know a lot of you just want to blast emails out to everyone in your contact list. And I think that is a great idea because that is another free thing. But what I want to caution people is be sure that your email marketing list is something that you have accurately um, asked of those people. Because a lot of times we can often just say, oh, we're just going to get our friends to do it. And they didn't sign up. They didn't even know about it. And now you're flooding them with emails that they knew nothing about. Um, So as I stated before, I think email marketing is a great form to market your business, but just ensure that people have accurately signed up um, to receive your email blast before just automatically assuming it. When you're starting a business, just be cautious of the relationships that you've already established with other people and don't assume that they're going to support just because they know you. Treat them the same way you would treat any other consumer. Um, Tell them why they should be supporting you and why you're the best person. And so with that, I'm going to close out with just know your value um, and what you have to bring. And be confident because you got a great idea to start your business and it will flourish. Thank you for tuning in to this week's broadcast.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.